by his word. God is still God. That's technology. Let's go! Pastor Wisdom Agbeviade is a trained teacher. He has a bachelor and master degree in English from the University of Cape Coast. Before going into full-time ministry, he taught English language and literature at Chemu Senior High School, where he also served as the head of the languages department. He is currently the pastor for both youth and young adult ministries in ICGC Miracle Temple Tema. He is also the coordinator for ICGC Youth Church Worldwide. He has authored two books, The Voice, The Vision and the Virus, and Dios to Discover. He is a lover of football and table tennis. He is married to Josephine and they are blessed with three boys. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing Pastor Wisdom Agbeviade. Come on, let's do it better for our national coordinator. sure you were clapping or you were learning how to clap let your clap measure your expectation this morning because the Bible says the expectations of the righteous will not be cut off give the Lord a victorious praise give the Lord a shout of praise can I hear young people in the house Give the Lord praise, give him praise, give him praise, give him praise. Are you sure you have life? Give the Lord praise, give him praise, give him praise, give him praise. Hallelujah. Wow. I want us to feel like we are in the real camp because this is real. Hallelujah. Lift up your right hand. Who gave you this right hand? Really? Then add your left hand to it. Who gave you this one too? I want you to put these two hands together and celebrate this God in the name of Jesus for his victory, for his mercies, for his love, for his grace, for his peace, for his preservation, for his love, for his protection. Give the Lord praise! Are you aware that someone is in the hospital this morning? He has all the money, but doctors cannot do anything about the situation. But God has given you life the last day of our camp meeting. Can somebody let heavens know that you are grateful, that you are grateful, that you are grateful for his goodness and his mercies? I come to preach to young people. Give the Lord a victorious praise. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Close your eyes with me for a minute. Mammy, 
Open your mouth and declare, Niao, yeah, preservation over your life that for the sake of what you carry for the generations yet to come may the Lord preserve your life may his covering be on you may he seal you with a seal that cannot be broken by the enemy you leave to contribute your quota to your generation and the years beyond may the Lord stir up the giftings in you May you be prepared for the greater assignment. We bless you, Lord, this morning. We thank you for this gathering. Thank you for releasing your angels all over this place. That you will touch the life of this one that you are preparing as the arrows for the future. I pray that let your word come to your children with precision. May they carry this word for the next two decades. The next three decades. May this word remain as strong as ever in their lives. I ask that your spirit will lead us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. If you are happy, I am in your midst and that Jesus is here. Give the Lord the biggest clap as you take your seat. Hallelujah. This morning I want to celebrate the leader and the set man for this house. 
your leader, and one of the pillars of our youth ministry in ICGC. You know who I'm talking about. Let's give Uncle Biju Do the clap that shows that you love him. Put your hands together for him. Uncle Biju, we are grateful to God for your life and we celebrate you this morning. And I want to salute all the leaders and facilitators for this great work we are doing. I have no doubt that this God would always put in our hands resources, in our minds great ideas to continue to churn out the gifts that God wants to grow. Hallelujah. This morning, I trust that I've been following your live stream and there have been a lot of prayer, a lot of impartation. So this morning, I want to teach and then we pray for a few people if we have time. Then we trust that the Lord will carry us. Hallelujah. I am to speak on the subject, the fruitful youth. And to lay a foundation, we all know that every time we talk about fruitfulness, it means that a process has begun. There must be a seed that grows and that, that tree must go through a process and then it gets to a stage that that tree must bear fruit. Hallelujah. And when you get to the stage that you must bear fruit, everybody is expectant. Hoping that you bear fruit. That is why when Jesus saw that fig tree and realized it was not bearing fruit, that fig tree was cursed. Now, so fruitfulness is not only in growing something as in plants and what have you, but in our life also we are expected to be fruitful in every endeavor that God placed us. Now, more importantly in our world today, if you would remain significant and for people to value what you carry, you must be fruitful. Hallelujah. If you are not fruitful, people forget about you in no time. So this morning, I am narrowing down my topic to the subject I have titled, Relevant at All Times. Let's all say it. So I want to share with you relevant at all times. So if you read Matthew chapter 5 from 13 to 16, the Bible mentioned three things. He talked about the light and then he also talked about the salt and then he also talked about the city. And the Bible made a certain description that if you, you cannot light a candle and put it under because when you put it under then that light cannot be fruitful. So it will become a waste. Then the same thing, he said the salt, when, when the salt loses its saltiness, the Bible said that it becomes good for nothing. It means that then the salt refuses to be fruitful. Then he says that a city must be put on a hill so that it can be visible. So when the city is not on the hill for it to be visible, it means that it is not bearing fruit. So anything that does not live to fulfill its intended purpose can be described as a fruitless thing. The same way as a child of God, if your life will remain relevant from generation to generation, you need to do something extraordinary to make you become relevant at all times. Today, some of you did not meet the car we call arrow glass. How many of you know arrow glass? You see, you are lost. 
But if today we brought arrow glass and we bring boats or something and we say sit in one to take you home, you obviously will not take arrow glass. Now, so the people who are into manufacturing realize that even a car, for them to continue to be in business, they might be very relevant. So you have Toyota and they'll tell you 2010. By the time you sit in that Toyota 2010, the next day they are working on 2011. The next year they are doing another year so that they will remain relevant in the marketplace. The same way as a child of God, if you will become fruitful, then you must remain relevant at all times. Listen to me. In, in Exodus, when you, you read the account of Joseph, the Bible says something very, very scary. That there came a Pharaoh and this Pharaoh did not know about Joseph. And that scripture was very scary because if you know the account, Joseph was the one that helped the people of Egypt in time of famine. He brought a lot of change in the life of the people of Egypt. But the Bible says that there arose a Pharaoh and this Pharaoh did not know Joseph. And that began the slavery of the people of God. Listen to me. Anytime the things you do begin to lose relevance, you should know that you are becoming extinct. Hallelujah. But the Bible introduced me to a character who I want us to look at today, who remained relevant at all times. And his name is Daniel. So let's look at Daniel chapter 1. And today we will do a very fast reading. Are we going to project it? So good, let's go to Daniel chapter 1, verse 1 to 3, quickly. And I want you to follow me. Great. So, the Bible said that in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. If you are writing in your notebook, I want you to write King Nebuchadnezzar. So he said that Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, so he, he came to Jerusalem and besieged it, verse 2. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his God, verse 3. Then the king ordered Aspinas, chief of his court officer, to bring in some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Now, I'm sure you are all familiar with this story. So, after Nebuchadnezzar conquered Jehoiakim, he took some young boys to Babylon. And these young boys, as we've mentioned, they mentioned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But the key man in this discussion is Daniel. So by the time they were moving to Babylon, Daniel was a teenager. When you study the account, the Bible said that Daniel was a teenager and his friends. I have tried a lot of reading, but it is being speculated that he, they were around ages 14 and 15 when they were moved to Babylon. Say Nebuchadnezzar. Say Nebuchadnezzar. So, by the time we hear of Daniel, a king by name Nebuchadnezzar has taken them as slaves. Take note. 
Now, quickly to chapter 5. In chapter 5, verse 1 to 3. Look at something closely. Now, in chapter 5, the Bible says that chapter 5, let's, let's read from verse 1 to 3. You have, you have given me chapter 1. Great. Now, another king has been introduced. Can you see it? The Bible said that King Belshazzar gave a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles and drank wine with them. Verse 2. While Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar, his father. So you get the link. Are you getting the link? So it tells you that Nebuchadnezzar is up the scene. Another king had come. So his father and had taken from the temple in Jerusalem. So that the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubines might drink from them. Verse 3. So they brought the gold goblets and had to be taken from them. The temple of God in Israel and the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubines drank from them. Jump to verse 11. Now look at verse 11. Now, in the verse 11, then the Bible says that there is a man. So, go back to 10. Let me, let me lay it cool for you. Now, in the verse 10, it says, The queen, hearing the voice of the king and his noble, came into the banquet hall. Oh, king, live forever, she said. Don't be alarmed. Don't look so pale. Then in the verse 11, it brings this statement. There is a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. In the time of your father, say in the time of your father. When people begin to make reference to a person for a thing he has done in the past, it's two things. It's either they are going to condemn you or they are going to commend you. Hallelujah. So anytime somebody mentions your name, oh, I knew him in senior high school, and it's going to be either commendation or condemnation. So, Nebuchadnezzar had lived with Daniel and you know the process. They went through a lot of processes which I'll be dealing with later. He did not eat some things and they went through. They qualified. But Nebuchadnezzar is no more. And it is obvious when you study history and you see the emergence of states and kings, mostly when a king is up the scene, no one who worked with that regime is retained. No one who works with that regime is called upon any longer because they see you as an ally to the former king. So they will not give you that room. But this is Belshazzar who had taken over the reign of Babylon and was going through trouble and he was worried. Then the queen, hearing this, decided to intercept the discussion and say that, relax. When your father reigned as king, there was a young boy who had a spirit. Look, at, he didn't say God, though. It was not capital G. He said, why? Because they were serving smaller gods. But they compared Daniel to their gods. That should tell you the level of what Daniel was carrying. So they said that there was in the kingdom, when your father reigned, this man who has the, the, the spirit of the holy gods. Then he says, 
in the time of your father, he was found to have insight and intelligence and wisdom like that of the gods. King Nebuchadnezzar, your father. Then he says again, your father, the king. Because he wants Belshazzar to understand the reference he's about to make. So this your father, who was great, what did he do? I say, appointed him chief of the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. Now, so listen. By the time Nebuchadnezzar leaves the scene and a new king is introduced, Belshazzar, Daniel did not lose what he has. He, it was not Belshazzar who brought him into the scene. But the father who brought him is no more there. Yet, because of what he carries, when there was problem in the palace, they still made reference to Daniel. Are you with me? So it tells you that one kingship is gone. Another has come. Daniel remained Daniel. Say relevant. Say relevant. Then you... Travel with me to the same chapter 5, verse 31. And then in the verse 31, look at this carefully. Can we read the 31 together? Ready, go. So another king has been introduced. Can you see it now? So first was Nebuchadnezzar. Then came Belshazzar. Then he said, and Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age of 62. So it means that Belshazzar too is gone. Whatever he came to do, he is gone. Now jump to chapter 6, verse 1 to 3. Let me show you something there. In chapter 6, verse 1, it says, now look at it. It says, it pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom. Verse 2. With three administrators over them. Continue. Again. So, there came Nebuchadnezzar. There was a Daniel. There came Belshazzar and there is a Daniel. Then there is a Darius and there is a Daniel. There are things in life that do, do not happen just by mistake. If the thing keeps repeating itself, then it means that the thing is relevant. It, it means that the thing is indispensable. And that is where I'm driving you to. We must get to a time in our lives that the things people give to us is not because our father was part of it. That's why they are doing us a favor. But they are, they are making reference to us because we deserve it. We have what it takes. We have proven that we have what it takes. That is why we are where we are. Say relevant. So by this time when there is a third king, Daniel is still mentioned. Verse 2. Then let's go to 3. Now look at the verse 3. Let's read it together. Ready, go. To the extent that after the first king, second king, the third king, Daniel still distinguished himself. It means that he did not get there because somebody 
had to lobby. But he got there because he distinguished himself. And the Bible said that then Dairos was considering to make him the head of the administrators. Thank you. Chapter 6, verse 28. Then in the verse 28, let's read together. Ready, go. What do you realize here? Another king has been introduced. Can you see it now? He said, so Daniel prospered during the reign of Dairos and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. What would make a man remain so relevant for four different kings that everyone comes and makes reference to him? Listen to me. We are raising a generation of young people who will rise to take over the affairs of this world. Not because your father had some connection. Not because somebody lobbied for you. But because you have been prepared by God. You yourself, you have disciplined yourself. You have built a certain life. So people cannot but accept you. Can I talk to you? You will get to a place in your life. You go to places. They will look at you. They will say, I don't like him. But he has what it takes. He doesn't look like the person I need. But he's the only one who carries what I'm looking for. And that is a generation we want to raise. A generation that is relevant at all times. BEC should not kill you. Tofel should not kill you. Sat should not kill you. You should prove yourself in every endeavor. There should be no temptation on this earth that will bring you down because the spirit of God is in you. And that spirit of God, it is able to triumph over every challenge. Lift up your right hand. Say, I am relevant. Listen to me. We, if we don't deliberately help you young people to get to that stage where when you are even going for an interview you are convinced that you are going there because you have what it takes and not because somebody is going to lobby for you because you see when you start, we started the narrative it was Nebuchadnezzar who introduced Daniel and his brothers into Babylon so somebody can say that Oh, because Nebuchadnezzar was the one who brought them, he was under obligation to, to help them and to make sure they were okay. But after Nebuchadnezzar lived the scene, that is where your test begins. Can I tell you something? Today we are with you. We are helping you. But very soon you may have to go to a certain university. You may have to travel to a certain country. And we want to trust God and believe uh, that you will still be the salt of the earth. You will still be the light of the world. You will still be that city that cannot be hidden. You will remain relevant wherever you find yourself. You will not be here forever. But wherever you are going, it is our faith and hope that we are grooming young ones who will remain relevant. By the time Cyrus and co. were in, in place as kings, when I read the history, Daniel was in the 70s. He was in the 70s of his age. So from age 14, all this while, to that age, he did not lose what he carried. When, when God puts something in you, 
it does not expire unless you sit on that gift because whatever God gives is good he gives good and perfect gifts and what God puts in you must not expire but it must inspire people rather to become better off can I talk to you this morning that we are raising a generation who after time and after time when the times come and go we don't want to see you 20 years and say that you were just one of the youth members but we will be bold to point fingers at you and say yes he was part of our teen chapel and we are not surprised where he is getting to you go to the law court and you prove yourself you'll be in the consulting room and you'll be very genuine you'll be a contractor and you'll be the top notch wherever god will place you your life will be relevant because listen to me what we are aspiring for in the bigger world the unbelievers are also aspiring for so what did daniel do to remain relevant at all times i have about seven i'll give you three three things he did to remain relevant at all times number one number one he was a man of integrity Daniel was a man of integrity. The word integrity is from the Latin term integer. And an integer means whole. It's whole. Whole. Complete. 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 When we say he has character, it's complete. 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 If you want to remain relevant at all times, it is not only in getting AAAA in school. The greatest virtue to remain relevant is integrity. When your yes will be yes in the morning and it will be yes in the afternoon and it will be yes at night. Integrity. No wonder all the kings, they say, and Daniel distinguished himself. You don't have to get to a place in your life and say, as for me, this area, dear, it's some way. Daniel had integrity. Say integrity. He carried integrity. He was whole. He was complete. Carried integrity. The second thing I will share with you that made him. The second thing is that he rejected the king's food. Do you know what that means? It means that in this life, the popular is not the norm. I wanted to write it down. That in this life, in this world, the popular is not the norm. All the other guys who were being trained to serve in the king's house were eating from the king's table. But this Hebrew boy said that, you know what? Just give us some vegetables and let's drink water and try us for 10 days. After 10 days, if you don't see progress in our life, then you can compel us to eat the king's meat. Can I talk to somebody? The fact that everybody is doing it in the wrong way doesn't mean it's right. 
The fact that everybody is lying to get where they are getting to doesn't mean that is the right thing. The popular is not the norm. The fact that every young person is dressing indecently doesn't mean it's a style. The fact that people who take nude pictures and put it on, on Facebook doesn't mean it has become the style. Don't make sin become a style. Don't redefine sin and call it a style. Sin is sin. Daniel and his brothers, they realize that the popular is not the norm. If they want to be relevant, if they want to get to the next level of their life, they don't have to do what everybody is doing. The popular is not the norm. So if your friends in school are in relationship, we go to school to learn. We go to school to build our lives. By the, time, by the time you are ready to leave university, you would have built your life. And when you see a husband or a wife material, you will know. Not today, when your infatuations are just tickling you here and there. And you call them, you are falling in love. You will break your legs. Lift up your right hand. Say the popular is not the norm. So I resolve to be different in Jesus name. So Daniel did not just arrive to, to gain favor before four kings as a teenager to an old age. But it was because he did something from the beginning. He said the popular is not the norm. Some of you are seated here, you are watching me. Maybe you don't even have a phone. Others may have it. And, and you feel like uh, now that Nibiaba uh, this, the, our life don't change. We are, no, listen to me. Don't let the popular determine what you do. Because of that, you are putting pressure on people. Because of that, somebody says, I love you. And you are melting like butter. Listen to me. If, if you want to remain relevant at all times, you don't have to sacrifice what is yours in the future. Because you see, 10 years, 15 years to come, when God bless you and builds you, what is phone you can buy? What is car you'll be able to get? So you don't need to see a guy who is driving a car to be the standard for you to accept a relationship. Because what God has put inside you, you cannot bring it to the altar of public opinion. You can't bring what God has put into your life to the, the platform of public opinion because everybody is doing it. He said, and Daniel and his brother, they purposed in their heart that they would not defile themselves. If you, if you want to remain fruitful, you don't defile yourself. If, if it is a plant and other weeds are growing around it and you don't deal with it, it, will, it would affect the major plant. The same way when you defile yourself, it affects the fruit that God is building in your life. Look, listen to me. I tell my young people, when you meet a friend who is into maize farming, and every three months is harvesting. You don't need to be jealous. You are into cocoa farming. It's taking you years for it to grow. But when the time of harvest comes, your value is different from the base farmer. That is why you must not settle for less. You must not settle for an average life. You must not say that everybody is doing it, so I'll also do it. You want to say that I want to be relevant. I want to be on top. Therefore, I will not follow the popular until we have young people who have that understanding. Your parents should be at home sleeping and know that you are in the boarding house. They are not afraid. 
what next? You don't make your parent you a prayer topic. Because you have decided to just follow the norm. Listen to me. If God has graced us, men and women like Uncle Biju and the rest, to get to this stage, all you need to do is to learn from our mistakes. Learn from the wrong things we do and the things that we should have done that we didn't do. And don't go into that same level. Say that if this is how it's ended, I will change that story. I will be the one to right the wrongs. I will be the one to change the narrative. In, in my family, fine. Maybe a lot of them went astray. They are living their lives anyhow. But I resolve to follow God's direction. I resolve not to be popular. Because you see, when you are popular today, it means that you become cheap tomorrow. But when you hide yourself and prepare yourself, you become a sought after. You, you become the, the person everyone needs. Do you know why the Bible uses salt? Look at your granite soup. Look at your palm nut soup. Sometimes it is, the whole saucepan is full. You have all the things in it, kotoje and everything in that. But if you don't put a teaspoon of salt in it, you taste and taste and you realize that still. You see? So the, so the granola soup is a popular market. But immediately you drop that salt and you begin to stare. Then the crab begins to tell the wele. Then the wele hits the okra. Then the other one hits the beef. They say, Father, salt has appeared. Then everybody begins to conform. Now begin to change. Begin to transform. Then you now try it and you are like, hmm, now it tastes good. But it is that same salt that the Bible says that if it is not used, it becomes useless. It means that what you carry, if, if the time is not due for you to use it and you put it in the, in the platform of public opinion for people to play with and abuse, when the real time comes, it will lose its significance. It will lose it. It will lose it. The third thing this guy did that made him remain relevant, which I want to leave with you, is that Daniel had what we call the even if kind of faith. He had the even if kind of faith. Even if. And as, as, I, as I pray with you in a few minutes to come, I pray that God will grant you that faith. That faith that will say in spite of. Even if. He had the even if kind of faith. Daniel chapter 3. Verse 16 to 20. And I'm going to take you on a journey on this one. So follow me. Are you being blessed? Yes. Daniel chapter 3. Holy Spirit. Daniel chapter 3. Verse 16 to 20. Everybody open and let's read. Are we having it? Alright. Because I want us to read it together. I had the even if kind of faith. Now look at it. Ready? We are reading to verse 20 together. And I want you to read it out. Let's hear you. So ready, go. Go. 
Now hold on here. Now so in, in the verse 16 when they were before the king and they refused to bow and I said then he said no go back go back to 16. The statement they did they say we have no need to answer you in this matter. He said we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Because everybody is bowing. And you see, if you read scriptures and you are not careful, because in that account, it mentioned that and everybody bowed. But it's not everybody who bowed. So when you read further, then this statement tells you better that there was an exception. There was an exception. There was somebody who changed the narrative. So in the verse 16, what, what was this Hebrew boy, what were they saying? That we have no need to answer you in this matter. Look at 17. I'll come back to this. Then the verse 17, he says, I want you to read it. Ready, go. Now, hold on. He starts with a conditional statement. If, 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 say if. He said, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve, I want you to listen carefully, people of God, young ones, listen. The first thing they said was that the God we serve is able to save us from it. Now, that expression is that they say we don't doubt the ability of God. That's the first thing. We believe in his ability. It is not now that we want to test his ability. No. We know that God, he is able. And young people, can I tell you something? This thing must register in your mind that God, he is able. God, he is able. It's, God is not like a machine that you must tear him up before he will respond. No. He is able. He is able yesterday. He is able tomorrow. And he will be able to the days to come. But God, he is able. And at that age, these young people knew. So when all your friends are saying, let's go and look for a port to write our exam. You say, no. I will study and I will pass. I know my God is able. Everybody everybody, every Christian the, the first level of your confidence in God is to establish that you don't doubt his ability. You must get to that level. Because these were teenagers. They said that we know that the God we serve he is able. So they didn't say he would deliver them. Don't, don't read the scripture wrongly. Here they say he is able. Then he said Look at the next point. He said, and he will rescue us from your hand. So, he will. It means that God has the ability to deliver you. He can do it. Because he has what it takes. Now look at the verse 18. Then in the verse 18, he, they introduce something. Let's read together. Look, what's the first word? Put it there. Say it. Again. Say it again. So, previously in verse 16, he said, if you put us, there is a God who is able, one, and he would deliver us. That notwithstanding, should he decide not to deliver us? Can I talk to you this morning? 
that until you get to the stage in your life, young one, to know that even if it looks like there is no response from God, it doesn't take away what they said in the verse 16. It doesn't mean he is not able. It doesn't mean he doesn't have the power. This God, he knows what he is doing with your life. He knows what he is doing in your life. And he's knowing what he wants to do through your life. So sometimes you choose the first and the best schools. And then by the time the results come, God has twisted the thing. Your parents tried everything and it didn't work. Anytime you do all it takes in human effort and it doesn't work, don't push it further. You should know that there is a bigger hand at work. So they said that, you know what? King Nebuchadnezzar, this God, he will. But even if he does not, we want you to know, oh king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. At this level, they were now demonstrating the even if kind of faith. Because in the first one, it is, it is based on something. So, conditional. God will do this because maybe I do this. But they graduate to the next level and say that even when God doesn't speak, he is speaking. Did you hear me? Even when after all your prayers, after all the hard work, after all the studies and everything, and you know that you put in the best. And you didn't get what you have to get. You should learn to know that this God, he knows what he is doing. Even if kind of faith is that faith that defies the odd and move on until God's will is done. Until you get to that stage of your life, your relevance will be short-lived. Your relevance will not last. Let people know that, oh, everybody can say they won't do it, but I know for this brother, I know, that even if you stone him, even if it is raining, you will find him. Even if he didn't get money, he will walk and come. You get to a place in your life that you tell yourself that even if all my friends decide to go this way, I will not. These three things that these boys did in Babylon, and especially Daniel, was what kept him, made him relevant. He made him relevant to the extent that four kings reigned, yet they could not leave Daniel. I pray for you that the Lord will baptize you with that faith, that faith that knows no bound. That faith that is not limited by circumstances. That faith that is not determined because everything is good today. But that faith that says that, yes, I know I am going through hardship, but I will not compromise my stand. I know I don't belong to that class yet, um, but I won't give up on my God. Um, I will hold on until he is done with my life. Until you get to that level, then you are ready to be relevant at all times. This morning, as we are wrapping this camp, I want you to look on these three areas and speak into your life. That Lord, prepare me. Make me relevant. That even in 10 years, in 20 years, in 30 years, in 40 years, I'll be indispensable. Wherever I find myself, my contribution, they will see my saltiness. They will see what I am worth. You should be the one in school. When they are talking about profane things and you appear, they keep quiet. 
the presence should attract that. You should be the one when you appear in a certain gathering. They, they, they know what to say and what not to say. Your presence should be a catalyst. It should be that salt. It should be that yeast to turn things around. This morning, I want to agree with you in prayer. And you are saying that, Lord, give me the integrity to stand in these times. Give me the grace not to follow the popular. And above all, baptize me with the even if kind of faith that I will remain relevant giving you glory wherever I find myself. Rise up as we pray in the name of Jesus. 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 Just close your eyes. You have heard a lot but this is a time to engage God's word. This is the time to engage God's word. This is the time. I want you to begin to talk to God. Now take my life. Take my life. Take my life. Take my life. Use me. Use me that I'll remain relevant at all times. Don't be a spectator. Close your eyes and talk to God. Engage the heavens. Begin to open your mouth. Open your mouth and begin to talk to God. Open your mouth and begin to talk to God. Right now, right now. All over the building. All over the building. Open your mouth. Speak. Speak. If there be any area of weakness, talk to this God. The Lord, hold my hands. Lead me. Talk to God. Talk to God.